Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we are finishing, as Paul said, we're not finishing speaking about God. We're going to continue to do that, but we are finishing our series, which is focused on God. And it's been great, hasn't it been great? It's been great. We spent the last six weeks looking at who God is, looking at his character, looking at some of his attributes. And this morning we are finishing up by looking at what is arguably the most important thing about God, and that is that he is love. God is love. 1 John 4 verse 8 says, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. This scripture tells us a number of very, very important things. The the first thing it says is that if we know God, it has an outworking in our life. Yeah. If we know God, there is an outworking in our life, and the outworking is this, that we love other people. A sign that we know God is that we love others. So think about the people in your world, the people that you come into contact with, the people that live in the same house as you, because, and just sort of, how am I going with that? How am I going with loving those people? 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is patient. How am I going with patience? Not great. Me. Love is kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't brag. It it doesn't act unbecomingly. It says that love believes all things. When I'm talking to that person, it believes. It trusts. It's not provoked. Ooh. Thank you, Beck. It doesn't seek its own. So the more we know him, the better we get at loving other people. That's basically what that scripture says. The more of God we get, the more love we give. It tells us that it's who God is. Love is who God is. It's just him. It tells us that love originated from God. So it was his idea. Love was God's idea. He started it. And it's never going to change. Love is the greatest. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Three things, faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith is pretty important, would you say? Yeah? Yeah? Hope. Hope is like oxygen for our soul. Without hope, we don't, we don't look to the future with, with joy or anything. So hope is pretty important, right? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I can do a whole heap of things in my life, but if I don't have love, it doesn't last. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. So... 
Let me tell you some things about God and his amazing love. God loved us when we didn't deserve it. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, I can never get over that. You might sit there and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can never get over the fact that when I was 16 and I was visiting the nightclubs and drinking the vodka, when I was doing all of those things, Christ still loved me. He didn't ever stop loving me. While I was doing all the things that I knew I shouldn't be doing, his love and his hand was stretched out toward me. And the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from his love. Romans 8 says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. What a great story that is. Neither life nor death, angels or demons, our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. You have done nothing, you can do nothing that will separate you from God's love. So I remember standing outside the nightclub at the age of 16, I think it was, and just, and look, I turned an inch towards God. We're centimeters, right? I turned a centimeter towards God and I just said this. I said, God, I do want to follow you, but I don't know how to get out of the mess I'm in. And I just, that's all I did. That's all it took. I turned an inch, I turned, and he just showed up in a big way. And within a week, I was out of that situation, totally out, gone. Actually, I was out of Canberra. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Nothing can separate us. God's love is so powerful. In fact, that's my first point. The first point today is love is powerful. I believe the love of God is the most powerful force on the planet. It's the most powerful force on the planet, is the love of God. It is what every heart is searching for, whether they know it or not. Every person that we know who's not here and every person that is here is, are all searching for love. It's what every person is crying out for. The undeserved love of God, we sang about it this morning. And if you haven't experienced God's love today, today could be your day. I believe that with all my heart, that the love of God wants to touch you today. Ephesians 3 talks about the amazing, lavish, extravagant love that God has for us. Let's read it. Being fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width, length, height, and depth of his love. Fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of God which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Wow, I get excited when I read that scripture. So you would know. It's not just about knowledge. So that you would practically experience the love of God for yourself. That you would be fully filled with God. Who thinks that's a good thing? 
See, I had verse 19 typed out and stuck on my bedside table, so when I rolled over in the morning, it was stuck on the side, I saw verse 19 when I opened my eyes. Because I needed, I didn't need to know the love of God, I wanted to experience it. I wanted to experience it for myself. I wanted to be, I wanted, so you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. That's what I wanted. Because that scripture says that the experience of God's love far surpasses the knowledge without experience. Yes, I know God loves me. Do you? Really? Well, why are you so cranky and grumpy and... <laughs> I know God loves me. I'm a Christian. Well, just lighten up and just let the, just feel the love. Feel the love. I know a guy who grew up in a, a um, religious home, religious family, and he walked into church, and he, 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 knew, he, he knew God loved him, he said, I cannot believe it. It was like his whole world changed in an instant because he felt the love of God. He experienced the love of God. God wants us to experience his love. That's why he says it in his words. Knowing he loves us isn't enough. The love of God is the most powerful force in the world today, I believe it. And it's the most liberating power in the world today. As we allow the love of God to fill us completely, this love sets us free to live a life that's not about us. That's how it works. The life Jesus lived. Our life becomes all about showing his love to those around us because we're filled with it and we want to let it out. This love, this amazing love, the Bible says, it sets us free from all sorts of things. It sets us free from fear. So many people live their lives full of fear and anxiety about so many different things. In the last two weeks, at least three people I've spoken to, heart palpitations, anxiety, dread, overwhelmed. Full of, like, it's a real thing for so many people. 1 John says this, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. Because fear involves the expectation of punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment, is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Have you lived with dread? I've lived with dread. And that's why I needed to have that experience of God's love. Because that love, it drives out fear. It drives, it drives out dread, it, that expectation of, oh my gosh, I'm, something, I'm doing something wrong. No, God loves you. The Bible says that if we're living that way, we don't fully understand God's love. If we're living with fear, if we have that sick feeling in the pit of our stomach, heart palpitations, sweaty palms, a dread of the future, just maybe, 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 we don't fully understand God's love. And we need to grow, that scripture says, we need to grow in an understanding of the love and goodness of God. And some people go their whole lives, their whole lives, 
without really understanding the love and acceptance God has for them. Oh, they can tell you what it says in the Bible. It's not just words. It's not just words. It's real. The answer to fear is getting a deeper revelation of God's love because it will dispel fear and bring freedom. And I believe that there is healing in this room today. It's like warm oil to dispel fear and bring freedom. Love is powerful. The second thing about love is that love identifies us. John 13, 35 says this, your, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Matthew 25 says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. James 1 says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Love is a powerful force, but love is also incredibly practical. How we treat others identifies us. It identifies us as followers of Christ. Do you know that this started with the early church? They went right up against the Roman culture of the day and began to care for those that were less fortunate, for those that were sick, for those that were poor, for those that were struggling to survive. They did this because they understood the value of a human life. Sometimes I think we've lost the value of a human life. We know about the value of trees and whales. Am I allowed to say that out loud in Canberra? Kangaroos as well, we know about those. The value of a human life. And Jesus taught about the power of love and that every single person matters. Christians literally changed the world by showing love to those who were, the, who were outcast and weak and helpless. I wanna to read to you a quote here from prominent historian of, he was a prominent historian of medicine. And his name is Henry Sigurist. And he once wrote that Christianity, Christianity introduced the most revolutionary and decisive change in the attitude of society towards sick, the sick. Giving them a position in society that they retain to this day. Christians saw the suffering of others as an opportunity to, to provide compassionate care in the name of Christ. By the fourth century, it led to the creation of the hospital as a uniquely Christian institution. Isn't that interesting? But the hospital would never have exceeded without an earlier long tradition of medical philanthropy integral to the ministry of the early church. The roots of the early church was caring for those that, that couldn't care for themselves. Love identifies us. We can change the world by showing love to others, practically. It, it, it's how we practically show love to to those around us that identifies us as Christ's followers. That's why we have, we're doing this soup kitchen next week, right? Yes, Joanne's smiling at me. Welcome back, Joanne, we missed you. As those, you know, and the other things that we, we wanna 
have happening in this church so that we are practically meeting the needs of our community. But also within these walls, within this community, so that we are, you know, we're giving meals to people, we're, we're loving each other, we're forgiving each other, we're living in community, we're not just isolating ourselves. Yeah? Love identifies us. Okay, the last point is this. At times, love is tough. Yes, it is. Love is the most powerful force on earth. And as we show it practically to others, it identifies us as Christians. But love is not just gentle and nice. Love isn't just gentle and nice. Simon McIntyre says that God is good, but he's not nice. There are times when love is tough. Hebrews 12. And have you forgotten the encouraging words? The Bible is hilarious. I love this. Have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? Does this feel encouraging to you? My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child who's encouraged. <laughs> the Lord disciplines those he loves. We experience the discipline of God because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't discipline us. Love must at times be tough. Because discipline trains us and molds us and teaches us and it develops our character. An undisciplined child is not a child that anyone wants to be around. True? True. Paul's doing um, a study at the moment on um, parenting techniques, etc., etc. And he, he was telling me, because he is the researcher in our family, he just a wealth of knowledge. He was telling me the other day that children of overly relaxed, permissive parents have poor self-control and difficulty making decisions and sticking to them. Isn't that interesting? My mother, when I was in primary school and I was being a rat bag and treating someone really badly who lived in our street, made me walk three doors down, knock on the door, and apologize to this girl and her mother. <laughs> what a mum. She said, you are going to do that. I didn't want to do it, but I needed to do it. Love must be tough at times. Every one of us has potential that is not real yet realized inside of us. And discipline is one of the ways that our potential is realized. It's one of the ways. There is potential in every seed, but that seed must die to reach its potential. Discipline feels like that at times. It feels like I'm dying, <laughs> but it's the most loving thing that we have to do. I, I just, I know the discipline of God in my life and far out, it's like, his, his hand is like smashed onto my chest. I'm like, oh God, really? Has anyone else experienced that or is that just me? Yes. I remember roaming the streets of Watson 
when I, um, before we merged um, the, the congregation I was running and the congregation Wayne was running, I just, I couldn't even walk into the office. Like, I just, there was just so much turmoil going around in my life and I roamed the streets of Watson and I'd say to Paul, honey, I've got an idea. I think um, I could leave the church and be a beautician. <laughs> this is a true story. Because I just wanted to do anything to get out. Like anything to get out of the pressure. Out of the pressure cooker, God, I need to get out. I know none of you. <laughs> none of you have ever, ever experienced that? Yeah, you've experienced it. God was, dis God was getting rid of my agenda. That's what he was doing. He was, he was getting rid of my, he was actually killing me in a good way. Because not long after that, this whole thing merged and then there was a whole other, lot of other battles, but whatever, you know, <laughs> there's always a new something. But there was discipline, like he, he, anyway, he does it. Discipline trains us and shows us what we are capable of. That's another thing discipline does. Sometimes we cannot see or know what we are capable of, but as we respond, we respond to the discipline, we grow. As we respond, we grow. I took one of our children, I said to them, get in the car. Mama, don't, get in the car. We drove down to the place that this child was working, and I said, mate, we can, I don't care how long we sit here, I'm willing to sit here till midnight because it was open a lot of hours. Because he, he needed to do something and he thought he couldn't do it. And I said, I will sit here for as long as it takes, mate, but you are going in those doors and you are gonna talk to those people. I'm not going, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. And he did it and he went in and he came out and we still, talk about that with this child. When he says, I can't do this, remember, remember how you did that and you thought you couldn't do it? Well, this is another one of those. So just go and do it and then there'll be another one after that. But you just keep getting to the realization, actually I can. You are stronger than you know. That's, my husband has said that to me many times. You are stronger than you know. So what I want to say to you today, you are stronger than you know because you've got God inside you. And he only disciplines you to get your potential out. Hebrews 12, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. That's an understatement. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. It's not enjoyable, but it's useful. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone in your world is to show them tough love. I agonize over it, seriously, with my children, with people that we're leading. I agonize over it, it breaks my heart, but I know it's right, because I love people. But love is tough, so that's why we do it. So, Hebrews 12, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Discipline is tiring. It's tiring to be on the receiving end and it's tiring when you're needing to show tough love to someone else. But this scripture says us, 
take a new, it says, take a new grip. Strengthen yourself. You can come up, guys, I'm finished. Strengthen yourself and keep on walking. Strengthen yourself. Keep walking. It's gonna be worth it. It will. Because you will become strong. They will become strong. There's this beautiful little poem that I wanna finish with. Andrew Murray, I don't know him, but I like what he wrote, so we're gonna read it. He talks about, getting, he talks about discipline and, and getting through it. And it says this, God brought me here. And if you are in a place of discipline right now, just listen to these words. God brought you there. It is by his will that I am in this straight place. In that fact, I will rest. He will keep me here in his love and give me grace to behave as his child. Then he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lessons he intends for me to learn. And in his good time, he will bring me out again, how and when he knows. So let me say, I am here by God's appointment. I am in his keeping. I am under his training for his time. He will bring you out at just the right time. Because his time is perfect. It's perfect. It's not my time. His time and my time never match, but his time is perfect. So, love is powerful. Love identifies us. And love, at times, must be tough. I'm believing that the love of God is touching some people here this morning. That it's dispelling fear. In his perfect love, dread does not exist. Father, I pray for every person in this room today. Lord, I ask that your perfect love, your perfect love, God, would, would touch people, God. Lord, that we wouldn't be people who just know about your love, Lord, but we would experience the love of God. We would experience it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.